0: Such paralyzing terror as in this hair-raising orgy of sadness. Come out of the streets to tell their friends how wonderful it is to be scared to death. <laughs>
1: Hello and welcome to episode 856 of Dread Media. If I sound a little weird, I have a lozenge underneath my tongue. Because <laughs> uh that's a great time to put in a throat lozenge, right? Uh right before recording a podcast. Anyway. There we go, spit it in my hand. yeah, yeah. I, I bought these uh like Japanese ginger throat lozenges. You know, my cold is basically gone, but I think I have a sinus infection. At least it feels like a mild one, anyway. But I'm very congested, so I'm trying to deal with that. And I stupidly put a throat lozenge in right as I'm about to start recording the podcast. But here we are. This week, uh, hey, well, actually, I'm, I'm going to mention a couple a couple things first. Uh, first of all, I just finished Monarch. At least I hope. I, f- I hope. I think episode ten is finished. And, uh, I really enjoyed that show. So yeah, great show. I liked it. I'm interested to see where they go next. And, uh, yeah, I guess maybe tell you, well, first, before I tell you what's going on with this podcast, look, I just finished Monarch. Anyway, you can support the show for as little as a dollar a month. Help keep the show going in perpetuity. I appreciate everyone who does. Spent the weekend last, that's last week, week, weekend, Jesus, uh, with friend and patron, Kyle. And, uh, we took in the, uh, the three inches of blood concert and it was fucking awesome. And, uh, unto others opened and they were fucking awesome too. And I always really appreciate, I didn't really know who they were, so I always really appreciate uh, getting blown away by an opening band that I didn't know about. And man, they fucking killed it. And uh, I'm a big fan of theirs now. So <laughs> we'll play some Unto Others uh, to kick us into this episode. Uh, but first, I have to tell you what this episode's all about, right? Right. Oh yeah, anyway, while we were over there, we went into this little, uh, Japanese snack store and, uh, I bought th- these, uh, ginger throat lozenges and also some really amazing, like, duck fat ramen, you know, minute ramen. <laughs> Good shit. Good shit. But anyway, yeah, so that's where I got the lozenge, had a great time at the concert, uh, had a great time hanging out with Kyle and, uh, yeah. Just a good time altogether. So, that's what I did last weekend. And uh, I just secured tickets for Ween, baby. This summer in Seattle, I'm going to paint the town brown with Ween. Fantastic. Anyway, now, what what are we talking about in this uh, episode? First, I'm going to apologize that hinky... uh, uh, interference thing happened again just a little bit in this episode. I cut some of it out, some of it I couldn't. So there, the, that intermittent buzzing, I'm going to do my damnedest to like make sure that doesn't happen going forward, but, uh, you know, I'll try, I'll try my best. So, but yeah, it's, it's, it's minimal at least, uh, this time. So what are we talking about this time? Well, our old friend, uh, Tom DJ is joining us to discuss a film he actually worked on, and I'm talking about The Rejuvenator or Rejuvenatrix. Uh, so we're going to talk about that, and then I'm going to come back, and I'm going to do a Dread Media Top 5 Movies that have similar vibes to Rejuvenatrix. <laughs> sort of came up, came up with that, you know, out of the blue, uh, this evening. And I'm like, okay, what? I got to record this podcast. It's Friday night. I got to record the podcast and uh, I, I got to come up with the top five. And that's, that's what I came up with. But I got some fun movies to recommend for that. So I'm going to, uh, end this little intro and we're going to jump into our review of rejuvenatrix, uh, or the rejuvenator. But first we're going to listen to a song by the great band from Portland. It's kind of like, uh, you know i, I it's like R- robert smith from the cure fronting uh, uh heavy metal band you know it's great unto others this is a, a song of theirs called downtown and since i saw them downtown vancouver i thought it'd be appropriate to play downtown by unto others I'm back with Tom. And so, yes. What's up, Tom? You know, I was walking down the street, and I collided with somebody,
2: and, and damn it, they got Wasp Woman in my Sunset Boulevard.
1: <laughs> no, I think you got your Sunset Boulevard and my Wasp Woman. <laughs> <laughs> Two great tastes that go horribly together. <laughs>
2: Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. This is this is my this is my cinematic sin. Come
1: <laughs> well, to roost. Let, let's let's get to it and get a little more information out. Of course, I've said this title in the opening, but uh, we are talking yeah. about 1988's The Rejuvenator, also known as Rejuvenatrix, and it was. Uh directed and co written by Brian Thomas Jones, also uh co written by Simon Nocturne, who I've yes. also seen shit that he's Savage Dawn, okay, there we go. He did Nightmare. Oh, he's production manager on that, but he directed Savage Dawn, okay. That's probably okay. where I'm where I'm recognizing his name from. But uh okay uh,
2: and, and- this movie is based on a script that Nocturne re- wrote called Skin, which okay. was designed to be a, um, a showcase for Ed French, who did the special effects. Right. And it uh, was produced by Steven Mackler, who, uh, we encountered recently
1: in, uh, Dead Time Stories. Oh, in Dead Time. Yeah, yeah. In Dead Time Stories. Right, right, right. Uh, have I played that one yet or am I still yes. sitting? On oh, I have. Okay. Right. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. And since he directed this one and since a young fresh faced Tom DJ <laughs> was a production is a production assistant. Is that right? I took the picture. Yes.
2: Yes. I was a production assistant on this.
1: I watched this movie and I sat through the credits just so I could, I I might send the credit, the picture I took from the credits just to Tom for, or to Tom, sorry, to Mike for uh, the banner image for (laughs) this episode. I waited all the way through the credits to get to uh, Thomas DJ's name in uh under listed under production assistance and i took a picture and i sent it to tom and i said well this is the best part of that movie
0: well actually
1: you didn't get to see the best part of the the, uh oh yeah my of
2: the whole experience let's put it that way (laughs) right right Boy, I have not seen this since I saw it at its "quote unquote" premiere. I was—I
1: was, I was going to ask. So you were at the, pr- well, say premiere in air quotes, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Based based on yeah, how you said it, was, it.
2: Was not my regular girlfriend at the time. Uh, <laughs> and I remember kind of liking it, and then I finally watched it again. Oh my god. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: look it's it's a fantastic you idea
2: a monster, my friend oh. yeah. i i
1: i do have to say it's a fantastic idea so basically it's just it's this aging actress mm-hmm. who uh basically gets well the fountain of youth from uh like a skincare scientist or whatever <laughs> And then, from a, science,
2: yeah, from a doctor who knows how to doctor.
1: Yeah, and who apparently thinks that if you like suck out brain juice and inject it into you, that it will make your skin look better. But, uh, okay. and I guess it does, uh, but it also turns her into an otherworldly, nightmarish monster. Uh, who stalks the night. <laughs> and because and of this you film, go. <laughs> I had
2: to explain to my therapist what a fleshy-headed mutant was.
1: <laughs> and with that premise out of the way, I, I think it's a fantastic premise. It really is. Yes. yes. And, um. This movie's very poorly acted, though. Oh my
0: gosh! I could.
2: Now, keep in mind, this was done... The budget was $230,000. Right. So, we shouldn't be expecting brilliance.
1: Right. Well, I imagine the bulk of it went to went to the creature effects. Uh,
2: yeah. Which, and which, I gotta which, say, which are know,
1: awesome, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. They're
2: awesome. I love the fact... I love the concept of the creature, which is that it seems like it just starts growing extra parts. Yeah. But... It's but the, the the acting. I don't even remember the acting being this
1: brutal. <laughs> it's pretty fucking bad. Oh my! And and I have to say the dialogue doesn't help it either. Like it's 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 a pretty. It feels like an early draft script to me. Yeah. You know, like it hasn't been punched up. I think if I think if the dialogue was a little more clever, I think it would be a way better movie. You know what I mean? Like I think it would just take a tiny little tweak. To push this right. into the next dimension, if if these bad actors were saying good dialogue, it would mm. be a lot more excusable. But it's like yeah, the com- it's the combo: bad dialogue, bad acting. It's rough. <laughs> you know what?
2: It, maybe if we weren't taking actors from like off, 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 off Broadway, right? Oh my! I.
1: Well look, there's nothing wrong with using first time actors or whatever, but you know, there's just there's no real performance that's gotten from anybody in this movie that I would say is uh memorable or even competent. <laughs> it's, well, it's a little I, rough. I
2: would like to call out a couple of these because they are memorable for all the wrong reasons. Okay. <laughs> for example, Louis F. Homyak has Tony the Guard.
1: Okay. Yes. Right.
2: He is brilliantly awful. (laughs) And uh, Roy MacArthur has Hunter, who not only decides, I'm going to play a Weasley grave
1: robber. Right. I'm going to
2: do it with an English
0: accent.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this movie was all over the place. Yeah. All over the place.
2: And I do want to say that uh tel Plevin does not look anywhere near, not, at least back then, and I, I don't know what she looks like now, but in 1988 did not look anywhere near as dumpy as this film made her.
1: Who's, oh, sorry, who's that?
2: Dr. Stella.
1: Oh, 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 Dr., right, okay, Dr. Yeah.
2: Gregory's assistant.
1: Yeah. All, all the lab stuff was pretty horrible. Like, oh, specifically it, horrible. Like, some of the stuff with, you know, like the monster creeping around and stuff, that was really cool. Yeah. Every time the monster was on screen, I was like, yeah, okay. And then every time, like, the actress was on screen, I was like, okay, when's she going to turn into the monster?
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other thing I remember about Ketel Plevin, who, who played Dr. Stella, was that there's a scene where she gets her brain ripped out. Right. <laughs> and apparently Ed used a a blood solution that dyed her hair pink for uh, a day. Uh-oh. Uh oh. <laughs> and she was crying.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Just a day? Just a day. It, it 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 washed out eventually about oh, a day on, it took about a day, on, but on. her hair was pink.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> um. Th- th- this is this was brutal.
1: Yeah, it was pretty rough. Now, to
2: be fair, this was done as part of a three feature film deal he made with Sony Video. Okay. Steve Mackler did, and the other I don't don't remember what the second one was called. But the other one, uh, the, the third one, ended up being called Underground Terror, although I remember campaigning for it being called Massacre Transit.
1: Huh, okay.
2: It was. This was shot primarily in Staten Island, where life is cheap. <laughs> Never going to give up that joke. And Classic. Um, it, it looks it. Right. It, it, <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> Filmed
1: on Staten Island, and it looks it.
2: The Poison Dollies were an actual um, rock band.
1: Hey, was Neon Maniacs the other movie?
2: Yes, Neon Maniacs, which we haven't done yet, but yeah. I think
1: we're doing. Yeah, we got to watch that movie. Yeah, the, the, I, the I, remember re- I remember Maniacs, really liking that one.
2: Yeah, the thing, the thing about Neon Maniacs to remember is that the director never finished the
1: movie. Oh right, it's one of those.
2: It's one of those movies where Steve Mackler decided, "Well, we need to we need to release it now to make our money." Right. So, um, don't expect coherence
1: <laughs>
2: when we Fair. get to that one. Fair. Um,
1: I just remember I thinking did- the monsters were super fucking cool. So
2: yeah but I think that's the whole that was the whole selling point was that hey look we got all these crazy monsters we got a samurai monster and a doctor monster and all sorts of monsters um but this this oh
0: yeah
1: (laughs) it's a a good reaction to it it's the
2: acting that kills it Yeah. it is the acting that just kills it dead and stomps on its neck
1: yes yeah it's rough. Because it's quite even, rough.
2: Even the leagues, for God's sakes.
1: Yeah. Everybody, <laughs> literally everybody in this movie is not good. Now they may have gone on to be good. Or they may have been good in other stuff, but they're not good in this movie, right? Yes. It's like, it's like a, it's like a, uh, George Lucas taken to the nth degree as far yeah. as getting a performance out of anybody. Sorry. I yes. think there's a
2: very good reason why we never heard of Vivian Lanko ever again. Right. Um still oh, aw- awesome, say, I, as I, <laughs> yes. awesome as uh, the monster. Awesome as the monster. I will give Jessica Dublin right. like a half a rose. I'm not gonna give her the whole rose because she was in her brief time she was the one person that looked like she was actually putting an in effort
0: right.
1: into
2: their performance.
1: And and if and if you're think if you're listening to that name and you're like, huh, where does that name come from? Uh she is Mrs. Junko in the uh Toxic Avenger films. Ah. Uh, well, I think two and three. Is that right? Yeah.
2: But everybody I mean, John McKay I don't know where we found John McKay. <laughs> <laughs> I I really don't.
1: So uh, um, I I have I have a question for you or a couple questions for you probably yeah sure. So did you do you did you at the time know these people like we're talking you know, Stephen Mackler, Nocturne? No, but like I knew, like how did you end up in this like uh, crew?
2: I, I was very good friends with with somebody who knew the the the, the production the the, the the production coordinator. Okay. So I got, and she knew that I would want. I, I I was wanted to get into film, and so she she hooked me up with this guy, and we had our offices on Fifth Avenue and Forty Second Street. Wow. <laughs> um,
1: that's, and, like, that's like right there, hey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was cool.
2: It, it, I didn't say we were in a building. No, we were in a building. I <laughs> mean, no, this is right. in the eighties. Things weren't as um, soulless, right, in that area as they are now. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And Steve Mackler had his offices on Fifty Seventh Street and Sixth Avenue, in a hotel. Huh. And most of my job was going, taking the train from Forty Second Street to Fifth Avenue to Fifty Seventh Street to get money from Steve Mackler, so that. We could pay bills.
1: Wow! Like cash? Uh,
2: no, 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 checks.
1: Okay, <laughs> because I was like, oh, and then all- and then it's the '80s, and you're walking around down there with a bunch of money on you. <laughs> yeah,
2: but we also, even back in the '80s, our reputation as being the most horrible city in the world was not earned. Right. right. Of course. You know, uh, I'm sorry, but. I know you think that before that that demented goblin Rudy Giuliani <laughs> became our mayor that we were literally the wild west and we were killing each other with with sticks and rocks but right. that wasn't
1: the
0: case. <laughs> right.
2: We were dingy but we weren't that bad.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course.
2: But um and of course, how's how, how's that? How's everything working out for that Giuliani guy now?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I haven't looked him up.
2: I just want to make it a point that if he if it hadn't been for nine eleven, we would have run him out of
1: town. <laughs> right yeah. on a
2: rail. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. He He's, did a terrible job. He was, he was job. not well liked. Yeah, and then all of a sudden this, he was America's mayor. Right.
2: Yes. This was the guy who instituted what we came to know here as the city has ghost vans. Right. Where um, cops were told to basically drive around Midtown, searching for homeless people, grab the homeless people, toss them into a van, and then drop them off in isolated neighborhoods in Brooklyn and Queens. Right. So, fuck that guy.
0: Yeah,
1: scum.
2: But anyway, um But
1: yeah, this is this was uh
2: <laughs> Um the set designer though was a was a true hottie. Okay. Right. She was this, better looking you've she before. was better looking than either of of the two leads. <laughs> right. Um and, and the other thing I would do is is g- Ferry from Brook from Brooke Brooklyn, which is where Ed French had his studio.
1: Okay. Oh, cool. Okay.
2: So I would go down to, to Ed French's studio to pick up um, proposed moles and plunkets and stuff for the monster designs.
1: Right. So you got to, you got see, to see the process of it then.
2: I got to see. I got to see the earliest part of the process. Cool. I got to see. I got to to take. One of those mutant rats on the subway.
1: <laughs> cool. <laughs> so, uh, so were you? Were you were like a production assistant in pre-production? Yes, in pre-production. Okay, okay. I, it wasn't for me.
2: I realized that fairly early on.
1: Okay. Why? So,
2: Why? Why? Um. The hours for one thing,
1: right? Okay, that's fair.
2: <laughs> where I would show up at nine o'clock and maybe if I was lucky get out of there at midnight,
1: right? Um, and uh, like also like if your entire job is to go places, you know, yeah, <laughs> like that can get pretty exhausting, just like mentally, you know.
0: It,
2: it was it was it was just a lot of running and toing and froing.
1: Yeah, and I, I, um, I'd, I'd certainly find that. Tedious and exhausting at the same time.
2: <laughs> and, um... But, once again, I think we can agree that that the MVP of this film, much like with Dead Time Stories, is Ed
1: French. Right. Fucking amazing creature design. Amazing effects, just across the board.
0: Mm-hmm. Just
1: fantastic. Uh, I, and, yeah, I, there are mutant rats. Like, we didn't even talk about them. <laughs> yeah.
2: There are mutant rats, and, um... I just I just like I said I, I just love the concept. I love that the 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 claws on the monster which mm-hmm. have just like fingers poking out of them.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: So, yeah, really um cool. I'm not surprised that this film has kind of disappeared although apparently it has a, a little bit of a cult following. I went on YouTube because okay. that's where we found it. Yeah. And it's only 90 minutes guys so so
1: yeah. you don't have to suffer long. It's interesting like I I would not be surprised to see like Vinegar Syndrome release yeah. release this next year or something. Who mm-hmm. somebody just released Dead Time stories, didn't they? I think that. No, that wasn't Shout Factory. Um somebody just did.
2: Somebody just did. You're right
1: by just, is, I mean, sometime in the last five years or so. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but the thing is, at least, Dead Time Stories has at least, it has Scott Valentine, for God's sakes. It's yeah. It's Scott. <laughs> you yeah. Know. The, the, like, uh, like
1: what- the acting in Dead Time Stories is definitely not, like, the biggest problem. In that movie, it's it's actually yeah. some of it is actually quite good. Some of it, I think, is bad just thinking back on it. But, yeah, it's not like it was anywhere near the list of complaints. <laughs>
2: right. Oh, oh, uh, uh, Vivian Lenko, who is, of course, the star of this film. Yeah. Uh, she only appeared in two other films. The Refrigerator okay. <laughs> from 1991, okay. a supernatural horror film comedy horror film starring Julia McNeil, Damon Simmons, and Asian Caban. And Simple Men, huh. which um starred her husband, uh Martin Donovan.
1: Hmm.
2: And was the debut of Holly Marie Combs. Hmm.
1: Well she so, she was she was in other stuff too starting in the like 2011. Okay. Yeah she did a film called Collaborator and then a, looks like a bunch of TV: an episode of Bates Motel, episode oh, of the, wow. yeah. the Magicians, Imposters, an episode. Of, she was a judge in Arrow, <laughs> so
0: yeah, she's done a yeah, lot of TV
1: and some what looks to be the modern age of TV movies, or you know, sort of be be fair, Christmas movies and, and whatnot.
2: Can we also mention James Hogg has um, Wilhelm? Wilhelm. Elizabeth's, um, aide-de-camp.
1: Oh, right, right, yeah, like her major domo or whatever.
2: Who apparently, I guess, the director took the guy aside and said, you know, you know, uh, that character in Sunset Boulevard? Do that, exactly!
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, for sure.
2: (laughs) This is... Ugh. I'm glad I'm never going to watch this again, so...
1: (laughs) Well, how how was the walk down memory lane? What what would you give this out of five? We managed to talk about 22 minutes (laughs) about it, so... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Also, that includes interviewing you about when it was made, but... (laughs) Can't really do that much.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's... Oh,
1: God...
2: You know it's like I, I want to give Ed French's due,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly, because
2: Ed French should be spoken of a little bit higher than he is,
1: yeah, and yeah. if if anything, he's the reason it's not a one, that's for sure, yeah, yeah,
2: that's like it's like i I was thinking about giving it a one point five or a two, but then th- most of that is because of Mr. French's inventiveness,
1: mm. yeah. Yeah, I mean the the visual effects are incredible. the the monster and creature effects is just awesome, just awesome.
2: I kind of wish they didn't do the the the, the pitch down for the monster bullshit because that was yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: what are you saying here? What?
1: Yeah, it was that was weird. The I I don't know. I I'm not really willing to criticize the audio so much just yeah. because it was like a YouTube link so. Uh, and i and i and i think the sort of griminess of the uh uh transfer yeah when we watched it i think that probably serves the film yeah uh, i i i might be a little leery about uh <laughs> an you know an hd well, 4k restoration of this movie yeah. um but uh yeah i think i think look it's eighty minutes and or ninety minutes and it's on youtube so what are you going yeah, to
2: do? also keep in mind that this was made for $230,000. Yeah. So, we shouldn't expect high quality film stock or yeah. anything artistic or <laughs> uh, What was up with the fit with, with the, that, that grimy thing that was supposed to be I guess up here?
1: Wherever uh, they met Hunter. Yeah, I'm. I was a little confused by that. I'll admit. But so. <laughs>
2: yeah, th- there's a reason why this is. Like I said, this kind of drowned into two each- weeks. They were originally planning on making this a midnight movie. Yeah, I mean,
1: look, like the premise is good. You yeah. Know? Like Wasp Woman is good. <laughs> like that's a good movie. I think. Anyway. I mean, right? they it, were, they it, it were has a lot of a flaws, TV, of course.
2: Has as a midnight movie, but Sony kind of got cold feet and booked only a limited. And I have, I did see it, uh, not like see it, see. I did see it at a theater, being advertised at a theater, right in Times Square. It was like it's like maybe like a hundred screens in the New York tri-state area.
1: And so was it released there as Rejuvenatrix? Yes. Okay. And then, and then later on VHS as the Rejuvenator? Is that, that's my guess at how things shook out? Okay. Right.
2: But it still had the same kind of lame tagline that it had in both both versions, which is the Fountain of Youth for the Living Dead,
1: right, right.
2: Now, I just want to point out: there's no Living Dead in no. this Living Dead movie.
1: No, not at all. Yeah, Weird. so
2: yeah, not a good film, but <laughs> at least, I've, at least, I've 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 come forth to ask forgiveness for my cinematic sin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, you were young. It was a job. There's no uh no criticism allowed. So,
2: uh, and if anything, I will always have the memories of people looking at me funny cuz I was holding a mutant rat puppet.
1: Right. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it was fun. It was fun to watch it and to see your name in the credits. Uh I I, I would definitely go to Fantastic Creature Design. And look, it's on it's on YouTube, even if you just want to go and sort of fast forward to take a look at what the monster looks like moving, you know?
2: Yeah. I mean, even the, the poster doesn't even do it justice.
1: No, not really. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in- interesting watch. I would give it a two out of five. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna get out of here. <laughs> okay, so there's this like, I guess is he gore grind? I don't know what he is. Um, I think it's just one guy, uh, but does extremely uh, offensive uh, oh tech grind. There you go. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't okay. know what the difference is, but it's basically like ugly, mean, doomy death metal, basically. Uh, and he goes by the nom de plume crowbar abortion uh and crow- uh, it's blunt yeah, yeah give it that quite much. quite uh crowbar abortion um had a cover album what is the name of this cover album again we r- r- got to remind myself here cover me i'm going in is the name of the cover album and it's absolutely fantastic, actually. Uh one of my favorite songs of all time is Crowbar Abortion's cover of I Wanna Know What Love Is by Foreigner. (laughs) It's just it's just like slow death metal on a guy
0: going to
1: Oh, God. <laughs> so, um yeah, among the other covers on this rec on this it's actually sort of like an EP, I guess. Uh he does Europe's the final countdown. Uh he does Aha's Take On Me. He does The Sweets, The Ballroom Blitz and he does this song. You're Beautiful by James Blunt. Covered <laughs> This. Co- oh, covered by, covered by crowbar Jesus. abortion.
2: The insult anthem. It's like I—I <laughs> I was sitting and I saw a beautiful girl, but I'm really not very good looking, so I wouldn't <laughs> have that. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Much respect to James Blunt, who was a marine.
1: Okay, but this Me. is this is the best version of that song. Okay. This is Crowbar Abortion, and you're beautiful. and we're back for another <coughs> <coughs> dread, dread media top, top five.
0: 5
1: That's right another dread media top 5 You know when I'm feeling this way the dread media top 5 part when I do the cough I actually do have to edit out some stuff that comes after that cuz you don't want to you don't want to hear those noises You're welcome Uh, These are Dread Media Top 5 movies that give off The same vibe as uh, Rejuvenatrix But I would have to say that uh, These are probably better Movies for the most part and with that i'm going to start with probably the the worst of them but it's been a very long time since i've seen it i'm talking about 1985's evils of the night from writer director marty ruston rustum rustum this one is about uh yeah alien alien vampires that are are here for teenage blood you know uh you know it's a little lurid a little cheese ball, uh, yeah, all fun. <laughs> Number four, you know, they all are a little little lurid. This is actually like very, n- very much not super lurid but uh it's uh, it's from a usual usually lurid director Jim Wynorski. now uh, actually part of this top 5 is movies that are not actually mentioned in the review so we talked about the wasp woman right did we mention reanimator i mean that should probably be on this list too but uh we were talking about the original 1959 movie, but Jim Winorski did do a TV movie version of The Wasp Woman for Showtime in 1995, starring Jennifer Rubin. And, uh, it's really good. From what I remember, anyway. And, and, you know, and I think it's like more toned down Jim Wynorski. You know, pretty good stuff. The Wasp Woman, uh, Showtime TV. Movie. I don't know. It doesn't say it's on anything. So, I mean, I'd better check Plex. Better check Plex. <laughs> uh, Evils of the Night, that's, uh, Vinegar Syndrome released a DVD of theirs. Anyway, but yeah, so, uh, this movie, uh, number three, you can find on Tubi. And actually, I've been meaning to rewatch this because, uh, friend of the show, um, and uh you know several time former guest of the show, Chris Alexander, directed like an unofficial sequel to this that i haven 't watched yet, so or no, I did watch that, but it didn 't make any sense, but I'm, i don't know maybe maybe it 's not supposed to make sense, but I was like, yeah, I should watch the original i 'm talking about bruce hickey 's necropolis, which is uh you know basically a a, a witch uh is reincarnated. Uh, and is basically just like a punk rock metal chick, um, who sucks the life force out of people, you know? Necropolis. Good shit. It's on Tubi. Speaking of movies on Tubi, this is a movie, uh, that we've covered on the show before. I'm talking about Blue Monkey, uh, from 1987. Yes, uh, William, what is it? William Frost's, uh, Fruit, sorry, William Fruit, Canadian film, uh, about a giant insect, uh, that is sort of like, I don't know, taking, taking over a hospital, <laughs> uh, definitely not lurid this one, but yeah, like weird science and, uh, cool, uh, creature design, sort of uh just brings to mind Blue Monkey. Uh that's my number 2. Number 1 is a movie I think I covered. Yeah, I covered it on Dread Media long ago. I'm talking like first year of Dread Media. This is also on Tubi, but I actually oh I think it's in sh- it's on Shudder, too. At least it was. And I, I, I now have the Blu-ray. Uh, I, I, re- I covered it on the show solo way back first year probably when I got the DVD and I can't remember who released that. Was it TLA? Oh, I can't remember. Was it Anchor Bay? Yeah. Can't remember. I think I'd have already gotten rid of it because I, I have the Blu-ray now. So I, I would like to rewatch that one. So if any of my, uh, co hosts or friends out there wanna to, wanna to cover Doom Asylum with me, we should we should do that. But uh yeah, Doom Asylum is my number one. Crazy ass fucking weird science, bad acting, cool creature design slash makeup effects design, uh weirdo movies. That's all five of them right there. That's all five of them. Uh I did not select a song to play out on. So, but let, why don't we play something from something that's been released recently that I haven't played before? Um, what about something from Weird Tales? Okay. Oh, that's a nine minute song. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to punish you with that. Okay. How about, uh, how about Crocodile Blues? That's uh, with a K. And no E on the end. You know, like the weird Russian drug. This is a shorter song. Anyway, this is, this is Crocodile Blues from, uh, last year's record from Weird Tales, Second Coming, Second Crucifixion. They went harder on this one. So yeah, this is sort of like the weird prog rock band, Weird Tales. Uh, I've only sort of recently discovered them and they're really good. And this is from their latest record, uh, Second Coming, Second Crucifixion. This is Crocodile Blues by Weird Tales. Is us, my friends. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode just as much as I did making it for you. It was fun coming up with that list on the fly. It took me about a minute and a half, if I'm being honest, because there were a few other like quick diversions. I almost put like Invisible Maniac on the list, you know. <laughs> Uh <laughs> but uh yeah, yeah, no. I uh that was fun putting that together. It's a fun list of movies. So anyway, yeah, a fun episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh you know, you can let me know dreadmedia podcast at gmail.com, dreadmedia podcast at gmail dot com. I'm on the Twitter, I'm on the Instagram, I'm on Blue Sky as DreadMedia. Uh Blue Sky, it's a picture of me holding the duck. It's my old duck Howard. And, uh, there's a Facebook group, Dread Media on Facebook. So, uh, you can join that. Uh, check out DJ's domicile of dread.blogspot.com for everything Tom DJ is doing. And again, that's D-E-J-A is how you spell DJ. Just so you know. And that's it. Let's get out of here. Uh, another record. Time will take us all. Is that what it's called? Hold on. Is that what it's called? Yeah, time will take us all. From the uh, progressive death metal band Entheos. Uh, this is a song off that record called I Am The Void by Entheos. You guys take care of yourselves, take care of others, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>